Hello, hello, hello. Hey guys, it's Alice here to bring you another edition of Protect Your Glow, the podcast. Uh, Today's topic is titled Marriage, Faith, and Children. And for those of you who are new and just tuning in, I want to say thank you for taking the time to press play today. I appreciate that and welcome. And let's get right into it without uh, any further ado. Let's get right into it. I want to talk today about marriage, faith, and children because that is something that I am familiar with. That is uh, my life right now. And I wanted to speak to you guys just briefly about it in hopes that this might be encouragement to somebody listening. So I want to first off starting by saying in every relationship, you will get out what you put in. Meaning, whatever it is that you are willing to put in the relationship, meaning time, dedication, commitment, love, intimacy, communication, whatever you put into it is what you will get out. So if you're not dedicating any time to your spouse, if you're too busy, if your work schedule is too full, If you want to hang out with the boys or you need to hang out with the girls, if you would rather spend your time on social media, if you would rather be on the phone talking to friends or family and neglecting or not paying enough attention to each other, then there will not be enough positives in the relationship for it to grow. I want to start off by telling you all a little story here. Um, My husband and I, we met when I was about, I want to say 15 or 16 years old. And the cool thing about our relationship is that I grew up with him because he was a friend of my brother. He would come over to the house and hang out and stuff like that, but I was never really attracted to him until one day, I can hear the angels singing, right? Until one day, for some reason, he felt attracted towards me and he told me that and I was like, boy, please go and sit down. I don't have time to be sitting here talking to you. And he actually did not give up. Every day he would tell me how much he likes me and how I'm going to be his wife one day. And I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh, sure, whatever. Heard that line before. But he was not kidding. But I thought he was. And so to make a long story short, fast forward to a few years later, we're in our 20s. And I'm actually, I was 23. And we decided to give it a try, to give the relationship a try. And so that led on to us, of course, getting married and having children. And I love the way that we knew each other at such a young age because I felt very comfortable with him. He was not a stranger to me and neither I to him. So that kind of made our relationship was based. So that made our relationship um, a little bit uh, stronger because our foundation was built on friendship. But then that is not to say that he knew me and I knew him. We knew of each other. We knew 
Um, he knew that I was my brother's sister, and I knew he was my brother's friend. But that doesn't mean that I knew him. And so we got married, and here we are. Uh, I, you know, we left the altar. We get into our apartment. And it suddenly it hits me, y'all. I'm like, whoa, I'm married. And for some reason, just maybe for like a quick, I want to say like a quick minute or two, I felt like I had an out-of-body experience. It was almost like part of me left me. And I was like, what did I just do? What did we just do? And I'm not saying it like, oh, I regretted it. It was just like surreal. It was like, did this just happen? Because just to give y'all a little history, I was not, I was never one of those girls that were like, oh, one day I want to get married and, you know, and wear the dress. Like I was never that girl. I don't know if it was maybe because I never had an example of what marriage was being that I that I was a product of being born out of wedlock. So my mother and father were in a relationship together for years, 21 years to be exact, but they were never married. So I knew about relationships. And I grew up in a household that was not, it was not so, I want to say, it could be very chaotic at times. So my one moment it was like quiet and the next moment out of nowhere it was like <gasps> chaos, you know what I'm saying? And the chaos was mainly a lot of yelling, a lot of, you know, there were good times, don't get me wrong. There were times where we enjoyed ourselves, but just just to let you know, my mother and father have two they had two different person Sorry about that. They have two different personalities where my father was definitely more of the disciplinary one and my mom was more of the laid back and the funny one, the one we could kick it with. So we had two extremes. And so in that, I saw a lot of things that I did not want in a relationship. The part I admired, of course, was the hard work, the dedication that they put towards their children to make sure we had good education, to make sure we were fed, to make sure that we um, were clothed, you know? Those are the things I took away. But of course, there were things that I did not want to take away from that, which was the yelling, the arguing, the fighting. I was like, no, I don't want that. So I never had this picture in my mind of being the girl that was all dressed in white and waiting for a night and trying knight in shining armor you know I was like okay if I get married great and if I don't life will go on and I remember one of my friends told me a long time ago he was like I'm so happy that you settled down because you look like you were going to be one of those women that was all about it was all about her career it was all about her money and all about her checks and she wouldn't have no time for a man so he said that's what he pictured me to be if I didn't get married. I myself didn't see that. Of course, I've always been a go-getter. I've always been, like, focused. You know, if I want something, I go out there and get it. So I can kind of see what he was saying. But to make a long story short, so I never, you know, um, 
cared whether I got married or not. So I did, not I thank God for that. It was awesome. You know, I met an awesome man. My husband is wonderful, thank God. Of course, there are days where I feel like choking him. And I know he feel like doing the same to me because when you're in a marriage, every day is not a walk in the park. Every day is not, you're not holding hands and kissing each other every day. Sometimes it's like, I need you to leave or I'm about to catch a case. It gets like that sometimes, you know? And then other times it's like, you love each other and you want to be with each other. But then again, that's that's the beauty of marriage where you're learning about each other, you're growing, you're communicating, you're finding out what's working and what's not working. So that's the beauty of it all, you know? And so back to what I was saying. So I said like a part of me left me because I was like, man, I remember a friend of mine once told me when she got married, um, she, you know, she loved her wedding. It was beautiful. It was fun. But when she... Like, a part of her left her because her last name had gotten changed. And for a moment, she said she just had to stop and, like, think about it. Like, whoa. Like, she felt like she was changing some kind of way. And I don't know why I felt that way. Maybe it was because I was so used to being on my own. I was so used to being the leader. I was so used to doing whatever it is I wanted to do. And now I felt like I was forced to sit down and come face to face with my issues. In a way, I had to be able to know how to compromise. I had to learn how to communicate better. I had to learn that it was not all about me. That God has entrusted me with this man's heart. And, and, and God has entrusted him with my heart. And we need to be careful that we don't do anything that will make either of us go astray you know so it was a big responsibility it still is and so um because we were young and we didn't know that much about marriage we our relationship of course um it started off good the first year and then the second year things got real it was like okay and so that's when I became we became pregnant with um our firstborn and so after that, for some reason, I don't know why I seem to always have tough pregnancies. My pregnancies are always very, like the two I've had have been very tough on me, on my body, both physically and mentally. Not only because I've gained weight and then, but then um, I'm also like mentally, I, I feel like I check out because I'm like stressed or annoyed or something for some reason my hormones just is not it, when I'm pregnant it's not really balanced and maybe that may be the same for everybody but or maybe not but that's just my experience so pregnancy for me it's um and I'm always throwing up and with my firstborn I threw up so much and I was sick and nauseated I was like god take me now please Jesus take me I can't take this nausea I can't take this vomiting please lord take me now but you know, my it was my first time um, being pregnant, so I was very dramatic. But I was serious because I was so sick, and I remember um, during that time, my husband, thank God, he was there every sec, every step of the way, um, very supportive. Um, but at the same time, it was of course sort of a disconnect, a brief disconnect because. I just felt like the world was on my shoulders because I was pregnant and I was working and I was tired. 
And I was like, oh my Lord, how am I going to make it through this? And I thank God that he was there every step of the way and uh, we walked through it. But then shortly after um, I had, we had our, our firstborn, I felt some sort of depression come over me. I felt, I think they call it baby blues, but mine was, was really bad. It went on for like two years. It was that bad. It was like, I felt very depressed. And, and I felt like I couldn't look at my body. And I'm not saying this to like to body shame anyone or to make you feel any kind of way. I'm just saying this is my experience and how I felt. And so I look at my body like, what just happened to me? Um, you know, I was never pregnant before. So a lot of things changed. And I felt unattractive. I felt, um, you know, just not the same person. And I had to learn really quickly um, how to calm myself down. I had to learn how to communicate with my husband in in those times and let him know how I felt. And so that way he wouldn't be left out, you know, so that way he won't feel like I was ignoring him and vice versa. And so we, thank God we got over that hurdle. And I'm so happy to say that our baby boy right now is eight years old. And my second child, she's three years old. So we've gone through that process together, but then that also shows me that how, how uh, much of a team we are because we, and thank God for family. Thank God for, um, that we both have our parents here that can help us with our children because when you have a newborn and you don't have anyone to help you, that can really put a strain on the relationship. That can really put a strain on the marriage because now you're both tired because if you've had a newborn, you know that sleep does not come easy. God bless you if you've had a newborn and they sleep through the night and they're just the perfect little angel. God bless you. But for me, that was not my experience. My son was, I guess they call it colicky. I call it, he was testing us because this little boy would cry for months, six months to be exact. So as you can imagine, I lost my mind for a little bit, literally, especially because I never had a kid before. So it was like, what is going on here? Why isn't he quiet? How do we shut him up? What do we have to do to sleep for five minutes? It was crazy. But man, um, we can look back at it now and laugh. But uh, during those times, it's like we had to rely on each other. We had to rely on communication. We had to rely on teamwork to make it work. And so when I said you will get out what you put in, meaning um, whatever you're willing to sacrifice, whatever you're willing to put into the relationship, be it communication, be it uh, intimacy, be it uh, truth, honesty, telling each other how you really feel if you're not feeling like you want to talk to each other let each other know if you're feeling like um you need a minute to go outside take a walk let each other know that sort of stuff will definitely help and um my second point that i put here i put here your faith should not be a private matter i'm gonna jump right into it the reason why i said that is because um your spouse needs to see the love of Christ in, in you. And you the same. You understand? So you both have to try to portray 
the love of Christ by forgiving each other, by talking to each other, by being honest with you, with each other. Maybe I'm repeating myself here, but your faith should not just be, oh, I'm going to go to church on Sundays, praise the Lord, hallelujah, have a seat, and I'll see y'all next Sunday. No, the world needs to know, but most importantly, your spouse needs to see that. Your children need to see that. Uh, will it be easy? No, it will not. There are days where you will feel like, you know, you don't want to even exercise your faith. But the place where your faith should be exercised the most is in your home. It needs to be evident that you are a child of God. It needs to be evident that you are walking with God. It needs to be evident. That needs to be, your children needs to see that. You know, because we are the greatest example that our children can have. Parents are the greatest example children should have. So every opportunity you have to show them the love of Christ, whether it whether they're, you know, arguing with each other and they're doing something wrong and you're letting them know that's not that shouldn't be done. You're letting them know to how to apologize, how to say I'm sorry. All those things matter. So your children are always watching you. Be the best example you can be. Now, will this be easy? No, because there are sometimes I want to pop off. There are times where I want to speak my mind, but I need to guard my heart, guard what I want to say so that I won't do that. Am I always this positive? No, I'm not. There are days where I don't feel like being positive. When I'm at work and somebody's made me upset, I don't want to feel like being positive. When I'm in the grocery store and someone wants to cut me off in line, I don't feel like being positive. When I'm driving and someone cuts me off too, you know, all those times. But then I have to remind myself that I don't need to give my energy to that stuff. I don't need to give my energy to to anything that's not helping me to grow. So things like that. And also I have here, don't be a closet Christian. Live boldly for Christ. The world wants us to be who they want us to be. But Christ did not die for you and I so that we can be kept, so that he can be kept a secret. Let the world know that you love Jesus. I'm not saying to only blast it out on social media. I'm saying your life should be an example of what it is to walk with Christ. Now, does that mean you're going to be perfect? No, it's not. Does that mean you're going to fail? Yes. Does that mean you're going to do some things that are wrong? Yes. Does that mean sometimes you're going to say what you're not supposed to say? Yes. By the end of the day, you are, you and I, we report to God. So we need to make sure that our life and what we're saying is in accordance with the way God wants us to live our lives. And also, third point, children, learn how to pray over your children. I try to make sure I pray over my children when they're sleeping, when they're playing. I want God's protection over them at all times. And parents, please, please parents, I've been guilty of this. Be careful what you say to your children because they will never forget it. If your child, say for example, is overweight and all you're doing is bashing their body. Oh, look at you. You're too big. Make sure you don't eat, make sure you don't eat the last piece of cake. Make sure you don't, you should look like Susie or you should look like Tom. Like those things, they don't forget. So we have to be careful as parents to not try to paint a bad picture for our children. We need to uplift them. Um, if you're calling your kids dumb, stupid, 
they don't forget those things. You understand? So be careful what you say to your children. Now, sometimes, yes, the maybe in the heat of a discussion or if they're really if you're really irritated if you're going on 2 hours of sleep and they're doing something and then you say something that you're not supposed to say it's okay for you as a parent to apologize to your children because then what they see is oh okay when i do something wrong that means i need to apologize the example starts from us. We can't expect our kids to be good or to do good if we're not practicing that. We can't expect our children to be healthy, to be to exercise, to to stay in shape if we're not doing that. We need to be that example to them first before we can implement any rules. So, you know, ask yourself, what am I saying or what am I doing that is not a good example to them and how can I be better at it? And also, practice words of affirmation. Encourage your children to express themselves. Encourage them to let you know how they feel. Now, I'm not saying they should say it in a rude way. If your kid is trying to, you know, let you know what they're thinking or as far as, like, going off, that's not cool. I'm saying let them express themselves. If they're angry, find out why they're angry. If they're happy, find out why they're happy. And stuff like that. So, also... Let your kids know that their voice matters. You don't want to be that parent that where your kid has no say-so in anything. Because then you're running a dictatorship. You're not running a, a, what is it? You're running a dictatorship and not a democracy. You understand? Your kids should be able to be free to express themselves in love. You should be able to let your kid voice their matters in love. Learn how to praise your children. Discipline them in love. There's nothing more traumatic than having a kid talk about just daunting experiences of how they, you know, the things that some parents do to their kids is like, un, I my heart aches for them. You know, the way some parents discipline their kids is like, it's it's crazy. And to them, they make no sense. I mean, I've like today I was talking to a girl at work. Um, I'm going to call her my coworker. I don't, I don't like to call people or my assistant, nothing like that. Because, no, at the end of the day, we're a team. We're here. We only have one goal, and that one goal is to make sure that this business that we're working for thrives. So um, I'm going to call her my coworker. And she was telling me a story about just how negative her parents were. And growing up. And she just can remember things like um, how rude her parents could be. They said whatever they were thinking. There was just like no filter. Um, that kind of reminds me of like my father. My father used to be that way too. He has like no filter. Doesn't think about what he's going to say. He just says it. And so she was saying how like that messed with her. Um, she felt like she didn't have a voice growing up. Because every time she tried to say something, she was hushed. Every time she tried to voice her opinion, it wasn't good enough. Or if she wanted to give her input, she was told to shut up. And she said what that did to her was for a little while in her life, she just stopped talking. Because the authority that were put in place to help her grow and thrive were telling her that her words does not matter. So that caused her to get into this bubble where she just felt like, 
I'm not going to say anything to anyone. I'm just going to stay here and be quiet. And she was telling me how she didn't find her voice until she was probably maybe in high school where she really started to express herself. And so parents, please be kind to your children. They are watching us. They are watching our every move. They they study us. I mean, my kids mimic me so well. It is so funny. And I'm like, really? Did I just say that? Did I just do that? And to see it, it's like, okay, I need to fix that. And, like, there are times when I find myself, like, say, I'm yelling at my, at my son or my daughter. And then they're yelling back at me. And not doing it to be rude, but they're just mimicking what I'm putting out. You know, and I have to catch myself, like, whoa, did I just yell? Like, I didn't. You know, my husband's very good at that. He'll, like, he'll be like, babe, I need you to calm down. You're doing it again. You're yelling. And then I catch myself like, okay, yeah, I am. So, okay, my little three-year-old is yelling because I was yelling. So then they, that, that allows me to check myself, you know? So parents, praise your children. Discipline them in love. Practice words of affirmation. Encourage your children. And remember, like I said, your kids are watching your every move. And that's all I wanted to say today. It was very brief, very short, but that's what I wanted to say, and hope you guys have a good one.